Welcome, guys, to Mindset Body Bank, the podcast. I'm Rob Palanti, the host and the founder. I got a great episode coming up today. You're going to want to listen into this one. I got Rob Wilson, the head coach of the Peterborough Peets, one of the longest standing franchises in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, Rob is also a former player with the Peets. Um, we, him and I met back when we were about 16 years old. He finished his, um, his last year of junior with the Peets. I knew Rob when he was with the Sudbury Wolves. Rob's a big, tough, rumbling, tumbling defenseman. He's always played that way. And as you're going to find out now, he, um, he, he, his coaching style may not be one um, that, that would have suited a player like him back then, but it goes to show you how, uh, how the game has changed and evolved and, um, and players from our time have, uh, have had to change to adapt. And, and uh, I really like Rob's approach to the game. I hope you guys find out um, uh, a few things about him that maybe you didn't know um, and also pick up a few, uh, a few nuggets of valuable information from a head coach uh, in the OHL. Um, Rob has had an extensive playing career as well um, uh, over in uh, not only not only here in um, in North America but over in Europe um, where he uh, finished his playing career and then got into coaching um, in the Premier Division over in uh, the DEL and uh, and in Britain so um, uh, let's um, let's stay tuned here and remember if you uh, if there, if you got anything out of today's episode if you liked it um, if you got any value please um, please give it a like give it a share leave a comment um, if you're on Apple um, I appreciate that we're starting to spread the word and um, and it's you guys and the people that are listening that really are able to uh, to make this happen I'll continue to bring you guests of this caliber as long as you guys keep doing your part listening and sharing. So um, stay tuned as we jump in here with um, with Rob Wilson, head coach of the Peterborough Peets. All right, Rob. Hey, we're live. And uh, this is uh, Mindset Body Bank. I'm Rob Pallante, the host. And I have a longtime friend of mine. We go back to, gosh, I'm guessing when uh, we were about 16 and it was just after I got drafted by the Sudbury Wolves. Today on my podcast, I got Rob Wilson, the head coach of the Peterborough Peets. Rob, thanks for taking time out of your day and joining me. Uh, great to join you, Rob. It's been uh, many years we've known each other and uh, I think that's when it was. I think uh, Joe Drago called me up and said, hey, we just drafted this kid out of the same neck of the woods as, as you in Toronto there. He might be going to college, and we want to get him. Uh, we want to get him to Sudbury, and he he told us to meet up, and we met up. And uh, I must not, I must not have done a very good job because you end up going to college anyway. So. <laughs> I was going to say you you've you've done much better on your recruiting sk- skills since then. But the, the one thing that stayed true is is our friendship, and uh, and over the years, I'm just I'm just grateful coming back into a sport that I walked away from to be able to reconnect with uh, with old friends like you. So. Uh, I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Looking forward to it. Well, Rob, look at, um, you know, the, the just of my podcast is to, uh, is to have people share their stories. And I think that's where most of the lessons and advice comes out of, um, out of people and their journeys. And, um, you know, today, you know, you're the, uh, you're the head coach of the Peterborough Peets, which is, you know, long time running history of, of talk about a hockey dynasty, the Peterborough Peets. 
and to be able to say that you're the head coach there, um, you know, that's, that's gotta be another feather in your cap based on your, uh, your long, uh, history in the game. Yeah. You know what? It, uh, it really is special. You know, I won't, uh, you know, I, it's funny when I was after playing in Sudbury and you, and you didn't, uh, you know, you went and, and chose the college path and, and I enjoyed my time in Sudbury. It was great, but, uh, I remember Sam McMaster called me in the summer and he was like, you know, Rob, we'd like to have you back for your last year. Or, you know, what's, what's your thoughts? And, and I said, to be honest, Sam, I, I've been there three years. I haven't found the success I was hoping. And uh, I'd like to maybe move somewhere else. And he was great. And he's, you know, shot my name around a few teams. And one of the teams that was interested was Peterborough. And I remember he called me, I think it was a couple of days before the OHL draft that year and said, Hey, you know, there's this team, this team, and this team are all expressing interest. We obviously got to get, uh, what we can for you, but, uh, you know, where, you know, where would you kind of like to go? And I said, well, preferably I'd like to go to Peterborough. And in those days, everybody wanted to come play for the Peterborough Peets. And you remember that, like maybe things, and that's not a knock on somebody. Maybe if you got dropped to Peterborough, you would report, you know, it's just, it was one of those franchises that players really wanted to play for. And, uh, and, uh, I went there that year and, and, um, you know, we had a, a great team and a great, it was a great season and, uh, just totally different. You know, the, you go there and the minute you get there, you, you realize that, uh, you know, there's not, uh, there's no quarter given uh, as far as, you know, this is the way we do things and this is what we expect here and this is the way it's going to be. And, and, uh, I loved the year. I absolutely loved it. Um, and we went with, on to win with some great guys there. Uh, Ty Domi, uh, Mike Ricci. Um, you know, I remember, I remember the summer times when, uh, when, 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 when the game was over and we were all hanging out, uh, you know, so, and you got, you had a guy at the helm there, Dick Todd. So very steep, you know, hockey tradition in Peterborough. So, you know, that was a great yeah. for you. Yeah, no, it was great. It's funny. I saw Dick yesterday, he came in the office yesterday and, Dick always likes to mosey in and have his question of the day and, uh, and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, um, you, you still go to Dick for, for guidance. You, you know, I mean, you guys been around the game forever. Yeah. You know what? Dick just comes in, just, he, he just loves the organization and he's an advisor with the board and, uh, and uh, you know what? He just, he's, you know, he's nice to have around. He's just, uh, you know, he coached me and now our relationship's completely different. Sure. You know, sure. we, um, you know, we, we talk completely different now and, uh, and stuff to each other. And, um, but you know, he was, when I got here, he, you knew who was in charge. Dick was in charge and there was no, there was no playing games with Dick and, uh, and yeah, you know, he's, he's been great since I've been back here and we're lucky too. We got Bob Ganey here as well. And both of them have been, have been outstanding. And, uh, you know, those are the type of people that you see around the rink here and Bob's an advisor to the board as well. And, both excellent to me and, and, uh, and Bob's been, you know, I've, I've leaned on him for a few things and uh, it's been, it's been great. So we've been very fortunate that way, but you know, you look at, we had Colin Campbell night up here and you look at the people that, that are still around the club. Like we drafted, you know, Steve Larmer, uh, his, his son's here. And, and we got so many guys like that around the club still and Greg Millen, these guys are all still heavily involved in Gary green and, they all, they all, uh, you know, are part of, of the great tradition that it, you know, that the Pete's have. So it was a great uh, day for me when I came back to, to uh, coach the Pete's. 
Yeah, I mean, going from a player and then coming back and, and your old stomping grounds, and now you're leading the charge there. Kudos to you, brother, for uh, for sticking with it that long. Let's uh, let, let's share a little bit about your journey, how you wound up in Peterborough, um, you know, just for the guys that are listening. And, and, you know, because we've all had our ups and downs in the game and, and you know, people like yourself who are just so committed to the sport um, and being able to ride through some of those roller coasters and those ups and downs of, of being a player and the disappointments and, um, and then being able to transition um, into being, becoming a coach and then leading these young guys, you know, uh, share a little bit about your journey with, uh, with some of the listeners. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, it was great to come back here. And as I said, I just told you about, you know, playing three years in Sudbury and then, uh, and then uh, getting traded here my last year and uh, loved it. Won an OHL championship, beat, Niag- beat a stacked Niagara Falls team that had the likes of guys like Brian Fogarty. And, and uh, you know, the team was absolutely had toughness and it had everything. It was a great team uh, back then. Uh, they had so many guys that went on to play pro hockey from that Niagara Falls team and, and we end up beating them so that's where it kind of started and then went from there and uh you know I was drafted by Pittsburgh uh if I'm being honest probably a, a you know we had talked about this in the past like for me that was a really tough day the NHL draft I got drafted in 86 was rated a lot higher than uh than I went and uh took me a long time and and, and still today can bother me that day you know and you know, a lot you hear about that. I remember Don Cherry talking about kids. If you know you're not going in the first round, don't go to the draft because of the heartache it can it can cause. And, yeah. and it's a great experience. And I don't I don't take anything away from. And I'm and I should say I should be fortunate drafted to the National Hockey League. But I was disappointed. Uh, you know, I I I think Central Scouting had me around 60th or something that year. Or I can't remember. I remember the night before the draft talking to my agent at that time was Gus Badali and feeling pretty good about things. And then, you know, I don't know what happened. You slide and I went a lot later and it was really hard for me to get over that. It took me a long time and, and I felt uh, a lot of pain from that. It's, you know, and, and uh, it was a huge disappointment, but so you, you go on from there and I didn't sign with Pittsburgh and, and um, after the the year I kind of had in Peterborough felt I was going to sign didn't end up, didn't end up signing anywhere. And, and, um, you know, was kind of looking at free agency end up a little bit with Toronto there, which was my hometown, which was great. It was in back then the farm team was new market yep. and, uh, spent a little time there. And I remember there was some talk about maybe, uh, I think it was Kenny Spangler and me getting sent down to Milwaukee and, you know, you maybe make the wrong choices. And I was like, you know, feeling down about things and, went home to my mom and dad's and didn't end up going. And uh, then they were like, well, why don't you go down to the coast and play for Brof? And, and I just, I was that, you know, and I had a few years of that, of really feeling down. And now when you look back and, you know, I try and help these young guys, it's like, you're going to have these. Yeah. We, you try and you try and uh, look at it and you try and say like, you're going to have, as you said, this game is, full of ups and downs and there's some amazing days in this sport and then there's some tough days and uh you know how you react to the tough days is is usually how you're going to you know ride through things and uh i maybe in those years didn't handle them the right way and and uh you know would you know and you realize now that there's only myself that could have changed it but at the time you're 
you're having, you know, you're having this inner struggle and you're just young, right? You're just young. For sure. My parents were from Scotland. My parents, you know, they were great parents. Love them. They're both deceased now. Miss them, miss them uh, on a regular basis. Wish my kids would have had time with them, but, but um, I I was very fortunate. I got to know your mom and dad. Yeah. And they were great people. And, and, uh, but they didn't know really much about the game of hockey and how the ends. You had to figure uh, it out on your own. Yeah. So they, you know, we, we went on whatever, just kind of off the cuff and, and didn't always, maybe, like I said, uh, chose, chose to do things the right way and, uh, and stuff. But anyways, things went on and, and um, maybe had a couple of years of, of uh, times where I just wasn't feeling it in the game and wasn't feeling good about uh, myself as a player either. And I don't think I gave the teams I played for everything I had at some point. And I remember when it was, was after, it was after leaving Brantford and going down actually playing with you and, um, you know, went down, had a little fun again and, and started enjoying the game. the game a little bit. And, uh, and I got a phone call from Bob Strum about, uh, about Las Vegas. Um, uh, they were starting a new team in the IHL and the Las Vegas Thunder and, uh, pretty much, you know, he drafted me to the OHL, the Sudbury, and he pretty much said to me, uh, you know, you know, kind of come out here. I think you can do better than you're doing sort of thing. And he very nice. I always called him Mr. Strom and, and, uh, and stuff, but he was very, you know, he was an old school hockey guy, Westerly guy that was coming to Ontario and draft, you know, he was going to be the coach and he never ended up, I never ended up having him as a coach. He never came actually uh, in the summer, something happened, decided to stay out West and I ended up having Wayne Maxter my first year, but, but anyways, uh, Bob's drum reached out to me and ended up going to Vegas at camp. And that was kind of the change for me. He had a pretty good camp and he was really, really honest to me and stuff like that. And asked me to go down to the coast and, and, and uh, again, maybe not making the right choices. I was a little down cause I thought I had a really good camp and uh, he asked me to go to Knoxville and see what would happen. But I ended up, uh, I ended up going home and, and I got a phone call from Tommy Barrett, who is in, uh, he's dead now, but a great man. And he kind of, I got to say that he kind of changed my mindset of how I was going to approach hockey from that day on. And, you know, I was a pretty, pretty good fighter and, and, and I, but I could play the That's game. That's a bit of an understatement, but yeah, you were, you were one of the tougher guys I knew. Well, no, but you know, I didn't know that when I came out of midget sure. hockey, I didn't know, you know, we didn't know who oh. could do what. It was just you, a different you, time you in the game. You kind of figure that one out uh, when you're in the heat of the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, and, and you know, it was the 80s. It was different times for hockey and stuff, right? And uh, so when you get that reputation, then everyone wants you to come in and, and fight. And I think, yeah, and I think that for me, when I was not in where I wanted to be in hockey, I found it really tough just to just to go out and fight for whoever, and and it was it was really mentally a battle for me. Now, if I was fighting for a teammate or myself, it was okay. But when I had to do it for whatever and whatever league I was in, I was finding it tough. And Tommy called me and just like Robbie says, uh, "I want you to come to Chatham with me." And and um, I said, "Oh, I don't know. I, I I'm really not that you know happy about the game and." Yeah. And uh, really, I wasn't happy with me, yeah. you know, and what I have achieved. But he's like, I don't know what you're thinking, thinking. I don't want you to come here and just fight. I want you to come here and play. And 
And uh, to be fair, when I was in Brantford, I didn't give Brantford everything I had. I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, to be fair to everybody there, I didn't really, you know, give 120% in, you know, I kind of went through the motions a little bit and it was just because the way I was feeling, you know, sure. in myself and, but I think and, the message, the message there, Rob, is looking and you know, you, you know, you know my story, and very much the same thing. I, you know, when I quit the game, I hated the game, and it wasn't the game that I hated. I hated myself. I hated the position I put myself in. I, I hated the way that um, it, you know I was approaching the game, and I'm able to say that now, looking back at it, right? And it wasn't. It really wasn't the game because I missed the game. I missed the guys, but I hated the 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 part of it that you know I wasn't mentally tough enough at that time to do the things that I should have done that maybe would have given me that next step opportunity right yeah and, and I think that's kind of kind of the way I felt too I felt disappointed in myself and yeah. and um you know Tommy was was great he was just a good man and he was just like Robbie come here I want you to play hockey I really you know he coached against me in junior and different times and and he's like just come here and play you fight when you want to fight and play when you want to play and do whatever and i went there and i fought a bit and i and i played a lot and and had a good year and i and i think i think i was second i missed a bunch of games too because i didn't get there until the game so i think i was i finished second in the league in defenseman and scoring that year and as you remember that was a pretty good league like when you look back now it's a pretty good league it was a very tough league tough league <laughs> it's a very tough league it. but yeah. And, you know, and, you know, you, you know, and when I was with Tommy, I felt good about, you know, even getting back into dropping the gloves again and doing whatever, cause you wanted to do it for him and the guys you played with. And yeah. so that was a really good experience and it kind of rejuvenated me. And, um, and he was, he was a big believer in me and he, he was like, you know, I think you, you still got a lot in you. And at this time you're getting to 24, you know, 25 years old and you're starting to believe like, is, you know, as the game passed me by, can I really make anything from this? And, and, uh, and uh, he really gave me a big boost. And then from there, I ended up going to Europe and I played in Europe for 24, played and coached in Europe for 24 years. And it's amazing. Yeah. And from that, from that kind of time, I really, I really just loved playing again. And I liked everything about the game. And I, and I was never maybe you know, you were maybe upset with the game. I was never really, upset with the game at all I never really I've always loved this sport I, I I I loved it from being a little boy with you know I have my NHL curtains and my NHL comforters and my NHL sheets and my you know I did and I had that was my the leaf. plan that was the plan right from the beginning right yeah like every, yeah. You know, I had, every young Canadian boy right that's all yeah. yeah I had my leaf everything I yeah. I was just talking to my cousin the other day texting because him and I and my grandmother were in the basement my parents were at a probably some Scottish do or something. But I, I remember in the playoffs when McDonald, they just showed it the other night. So I texted my cousin. I said, do you remember that? Do you remember where you were? We were 10 and yeah. sitting in my basement when my granny was babysitting when McDonald scored. That was probably my greatest yeah. moment as a Leaf fan. Like I, like, you know, in 78, that was, that's the most we got. We, we played much all in the semis and got crushed, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, you know, like that was my life. Like I, I got home from school and the first thing I did was put the net out of the garage onto the, onto the driveway, marked up the garage. My dad went crazy every day. Oh, I had yeah. to go out and scrub it off, broke a window, broke, you know, yeah. whatever. Well, that's, that, remember that's, that house that's all I cared about. Still there. 
Yeah. Yeah. The driveway just up a little bit of a hill. Yeah. It was right yeah. off to the left of the driveway. Oh yeah, and I put it right through the front window one day. That was great. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and my, my poor pra- mother practicing going, your dump and chase, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my poor mom going, oh boy, like she was in the house. She came out. She's like. Oh boy, you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get it when your dad gets back home from work. We were doing everything we could to try and make it so we could patch it up, but there's no patching up the window through the front, like right the front window of the house. Oh, you know, well. it, it, it's funny, you know, when you when you when you look at the kids today, do you notice that you know you and I we grew up in an era? Okay, we didn't have phones, we didn't have all those distractions. You talk about you come home, you put the net out on the driveway or on the road, and you go play road hockey, and that's where you practice. And, and the kids today got these phones and distractions and all these things. And it's funny talking to uh, you know your 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 rival, but our mutual friend Jr. He says the kids today just don't watch hockey; they don't watch it. And you know, well, look at just just quickly look yeah. on the screen what I got going on. <laughs> That's it, man. Die hard. So he's, you know, he's, it's, Robbie it's just, just flipped his is. phone around. If you can't, you can't see. He's showing me. He's sitting here chatting to me, and I'm watching as he's talking, and his eyes are up in the corner because he's watching a hockey game. Yeah. yeah. Who's playing? Uh, Chicago, Anaheim. So I just. Yeah, that's that's but, that's, but, that's but what how I really important think. is that though? How important is that? Because you know, if, if you look at the way our minds work, right? What you see and repeatedly over and over and over and over again. When we were younger, how many times did you watch games or did you watch your favorite player, Bobby Orr, or whoever it might have been, and and just watch the game and the position, and you were able to key in on it. And I remember watching with my dad, and he'd say, "Okay, watch this guy, watch Turnbull, watch Salming, watch yeah. these guys, and what they do," because that was the position I play. How many yeah. kids today actually sit down with their parents or sit down and watch a game that they're not involved in? I know you're probably doing a lot of video stuff with your team, but do the kids go home and do they watch games anymore? I I really don't know. I really couldn't answer that question. It would be unfair of me to answer. I don't know. I know that that's the way we were brought up. I mean, I had, you know, when you were really young, you had to beg. I was allowed to stay up for the first two periods on a Wednesday night because the Leafs played Wednesday and Saturdays at home. Yeah. And Get to watch Peter on. Puck. Yeah, well, Peter Puck was my favorite. I was a diehard fan. And I was, I think I cried when they took Peter Puck I off know, the air. right? I think I, I cried. Know. It was Peter Puck. You get to yeah. stay up. You got to stay up to the second period, watch Peter Puck, and then you had to go to bed. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much on the Wednesday for sure. Saturday nights. Uh, I mean, he just died. One of the announcers, remember, was Howie Meeker. Howie Meeker, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. uh, but he used to uh, do the skills competitions. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I don't know what, what they do, but to be fair to the kids today, they do have way more going on than we did. Yeah. Like, you know, basically it was hockey, hockey in the, uh, hockey in the winter, 24 seven. And in the summer I played soccer. I played tennis. Yeah. I played golf. You know, but but it was basically, think, and then and then played summer hockey. You know, it's funny. I was thinking the other day. You, you think it's too much for the kids now? Should they be doing something else? I mean, I, I know there's different camps on that. What do you think? Well, you know, you know what, my buddy, you know, Mule Steve yeah. Morden, and and uh, Mule's kid was a second round pick to to Sarnia. He's gonna he's uh, end up um committing i think to to harvard but steve and i talked about it for years and we talked about different things with the kids and and he said to me you know he always felt it was good to put matthew into different sports in the summer just to have a different outlook and maybe not burnout you know to have burnout and there's a lot of people look i just think you know what 
playing lots of sports is great, whatever you decide to do. And if you play hockey all year round and it's really your own thing, I'm okay with that too. Like, I just think being involved in sport is such a great thing. Look at the connections you make. And I heard you talking with bones, you know, and, and different, and different things. And the connections you make are, are lifelong. And we were just, before we even got on air, we we're throwing around names of guys that really haven't seen much in 30 years, but you could probably still call up and they'd love to see you and have dinner with you and, you know, and do all the things, you know, we're not allowed to go out and have dinner anymore, but um, you know, well, <laughs> well you're still you're still allowed to up you're, you're still allowed to up here but not down where you are <laughs> i'm coming to peterborough there you go coming to peterborough so we can go out for dinner there you go there you go but uh yeah i don't know i don't know what what is the the um the best and what you should or shouldn't do i just think being involved in sport is such a a great thing for kids if you look at the players of our time maybe even before us, Rob, and the, the kids today. What do you see as, as a, you know, as a, as a coach, as a leader, as a community leader? What do you see the differences are? Positives, negatives? Are there well, any? Well, like, like we just said, like the negatives would be that, you know, they have way more distractions and they have to be way more careful, you know, with, with cell phones. And, and unfortunately today, you know, you get people tape conversations or whatever. And then, you know, and maybe that's not what was really said. Maybe that was part of a conversation and, and it really wasn't what the person was saying. And you see all these people getting in trouble for things that, uh, you know, and it just, it's hard. So being a young guy, that's gotta be a huge pitfall. And, you, and, you know, and, and there's temptations when we were young and there's temptations now and, and, those will never change, but we didn't have the, to battle against cell phones and videos and, and all the rest. Uh, how do you, so how do you make sure, how do you make your, sure your guys, when they come to the rink, like, how do you prepare them? You know, is, do you have to, are they coming? Are they ready? Do you find that maybe they're distracted? You're getting their attention. You're not getting their attention. Do they have more social pressures because of the technology today? Like, you know, I'm not in, I'm not coaching kids that age. So I'm just wondering what that's like, if it's, you know, if it's different. Well, I think the pressure is way higher on them for sure. For example, you know, when you were playing, you know, at college and I'm in Sudbury, you know, you could tell me back then, like, oh yeah, I played every night. I wouldn't know the difference. Right. So you didn't have that pressure where now there's a lot of pressure where, you know, they know exactly how many minutes every guy got in the league and how many, you know, and so you have that pressure of, oh, I didn't play very much and it's embarrassing. Now my mom and dad or my uncle or, or my best buddies at home, you know, they realize I had two shifts tonight. And so I think they have it a lot, uh, definitely more difficult than we did in That's that sense. That's a um, real interesting perspective. I had not heard that yet, you know, and I, nor had I thought about it, but you, you know, you think about the pressures that, you know, now where does that pressure come from? Do you think that's the kid putting pressure on himself? Is that, is that sort of a peer thing where they're, you know, maybe the, it's a bit of ego behind it, um, it, you know, or is it, is it a conf, can it become a confidence thing? Like, how do you deal with that? Because we know phones aren't going away that, you know, uh, um, there's just more and more exposure and the ability, like you said, to, to, to check in on that, uh, on those type of statistics. So, like, how do, you, how do you deal with, with kids like that, that, that maybe are coming in and you know that you've got a, a guy that's a potential, you know, NHL player, but now he's got to contend with, you know, he's going to have a bad night or, you know, maybe he's in a slump. And, and how do you deal with that, Rob, as a head coach? 
Well, I think communication, like, um, it's funny. I, I think, you know, when we, when we grew up and, and that, this is not knocking the coach, it was just different times. Like coaches were known to, you know, you, you'd be like, Oh man, like he, he was, he's a really tough coach. Like, you know, he's a really, you know, like there's no movement there. We never, like, I never, ever, ever thought of going into the coach's office. If I was going to the coach's office, I did something wrong. Right. Right. You're, you're so, being called in. Yes. It was not like you went down to the coach and said, Hey coach, how was your day last night? Did you watch the game? How, you know, yeah. how's things going? That, that never happened. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not a knock on the coaches. That's just the time. That's just right. the way it was. Uh, and today I think the biggest thing is like, I really have an open door policy. And when I say that, like the guys will tell you here, um, I think the communication part of it is bigger than even people talk about. I think the, the biggest uh, responsibility you have as a coach is to open that line of communication. Anyone can be a hard ass. Like anybody can go through that and stand up and down and yell and scream. And Hey, I can get just as bad as the next guy. Don't get me wrong. I, I have my moments too. And, uh, and I think when you have a lot of communication though, the players allow you to have those moments and they understand, like, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I still have contact with quite a lot of guys I coached. Yeah. And that would never have happened. How many, how many coaches do you call? Never. You know, me neither. Like I see Dick Todd now only because I'm yeah. coaching Peter and he comes in the office, right. but you never had those relationships. Like Zach Glance in San Jose right now, he was our captain the last couple of years. He's working out there right now. He's called me a few times, just talking about life and getting ready, hoping things are going to start. Uh, SDA um, is uh, over in the KHL right now. He, uh, he played for me the last couple of years. Um, he, uh, he's, uh, he's been living over here, but he's actually Russian. And, and so he's playing in the KHL. He's a Leaf pick and, and signed with the Leafs. And uh, we've been talking quite a bit and he's getting ready for camp and things like that. And then, uh, you know, Kiel Thomas is, uh, he's over in Germany right now. And I coached a long time there and Akil's reached out to me just as they're trying to now get into pro yeah. finding, you know, finding their feet. There's some struggles, different yeah. You know, you know yourself, you come out of college or junior and the whole world changes, right? There's changes. no more. You don't have the, no, you don't have the same sounding boards and you're not really, there's, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take much to get in the, in the bad books or the doghouse or whatever, or not to get a chance and you got to keep working to get your chance. So and that, that was a big thing for me when, when I, when I created this, this platform and what I'm doing was, you know, looking back on my past experiences, when I, when I ran into a, a situation where maybe I wasn't playing or getting the ice time or whatever, and you talk about being able to go and approach the coach. I, if I, if I was able to even get his ear for a second and say, Hey coach, what do I got to do? The, the best advice I was ever given was keep working. Yeah. Work harder, work harder. Well, yeah, work harder. what does that mean? You know, when you're, yeah. when you're talking to a 17, 18, 19 year old kid, what does work harder mean? He thinks he's out there. Most kids, you know, are trying to give you the best effort they can at that, at that level. You know, they're coming up, they're, they're doing what they can do. Nobody's telling you, you know, and you don't know what's going on between that kid's ear. So having that open, that open door policy, I think, you know, imagine if we would have had that type of policy, would it have been, you think it might've changed anything or would have, would have clarified things or given us a I change? Think it, I think it helps. I think it helps to just let, let them know that you're human. You know, yeah. you, there's such a, a fear factor when you're speaking to a coach or 
and you want to take that out. It was the emotions in me right now when I think about that because yeah, yeah, that's how I used to. I used to be afraid. I was afraid of the coaches. I think most of us were. I I I don't know if that. I can't speak for everybody, but I would. I would. I know the way I felt. I felt, you know, I felt very intimidated to ever go speak to my coach. I didn't want to. You know, you didn't want to go in and look like a whiner because you didn't get as much ice time or you weren't on the power play or, you know, then you look selfish to your teammates and all those things that go on. Whereas the kids today, I give them credit. They're way more open. They come in. Hey, coach, how's it going? And and I really try and, you know, I I read something years ago and, and it's really stuck with me. And I try and have it might be five seconds. Yeah, it might be five seconds, but I really try and speak to every player every day. Yeah. And I, whether, whether yeah. it's, Hey, how's it going? All right. I saw yeah. your mom and dad at the game last night, or, yeah. um, you know what I mean? If it's in pro hockey, oh, I, you know, how's the wife after the baby or whatever, you know, it's it just something or talking about the game or, you know, maybe it's a joke. Like, um, you know, there's been other guys that, you know, they'll find out that I'm a Bills fan and, and football and, and, uh, you know, and there's been a lot of lean years there. I, man, I picked some <laughs> tough teams, the Bills and the Leafs. Hey, I've had some, I've had some ups and downs through my, uh, through my uh my life as a fan but uh talk about commitment though right yeah yeah but but you know but then you know you 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 establish some line of communication where the player feels comfortable and talk and i think one of the biggest things robbie honestly is being a good listener i think you got to listen today you can't just be the guy always telling everybody what to do i think you really got to listen to them and let them feel feel inside what they're getting out and, and then you can maybe understand what they're going through. And they're, you know, just like us, yeah. you know, we were going through lots. I, you talked about pressure and you talked about the pressure that one, nobody, uh, no coach, my parents, nobody put more pressure or felt, uh, felt worse, worse about themselves than I did about myself, yeah. you know, like, so nobody, no coach could make me feel worse than I, would yeah. make myself feel if I didn't play well or, or I felt embarrassed. I felt I let people down all the time. And, you know, you, you, you like, you know, and you got to get over that. And maybe if I would have had somebody to talk to, like I told you about Tommy Barrett, he was, yeah. he was really, he was really good to me and, and, and was a good man. And he really just, I remember he had me over for dinner and, you know, and he, and I remember I sitting there and uh, just talking about stuff and he'd tell old stories. I just love listening to the old stories about different players and whether it was the Streetsville Derbies or whether it was the Kitchener yeah. Rangers or whatever it was, you know, and are going in to see a coach like, you know, when, uh, when a trade was made and he'll go, do you remember this trade in junior? And I'll be like, yeah, because you, he goes, you'd play in that time. And he goes, this is how it happened. And explain yeah. to me how the dynamic, I just love that stuff. Yeah. I still do. I still do. Yeah. You get a little bit of behind the scenes uh, color on it, on it, right? Yeah. That's yeah. The flavor yeah. to the game. Yeah. That's so cool. How do you guys, how do you, how do you, tr- you know, get your players? What, what do you do to try and get your guys in habits and routines so that, because, you know, sometimes, you know, right now we're, we're dealing with COVID. You got to try to keep these guys, you know, engaged. You want to make sure when they show up to the rink, you know, there's, there's that piece of it. Whenever hockey opens up again, how are you keeping them focused? What are you guys doing? And then, and then also share Rob, you know, if, if we were under normal times, you know, the OHL is a long season. There's a lot of bus rides. How do you keep kids engaged? And I think it's important for them to understand any of the young guys listening that might be still in minor hockey with aspirations of going to the OHL, what to expect and, and how to prepare for that. 
Well, it's a big, it's a big jump when you when you come out of minor hockey into the Ontario Hockey League. It's a it's a big jump, and everything changes, right? And and the the great thing is, I will say this: today's player is way more educated than we were about what to do and how to do it. And and uh, they come in here like these guys; they're all different, but they train way better, they eat better, they sleep right. They do all the things that we maybe weren't taught that these guys have learned from a very young age and we had to kind of find out on our own. So these guys are very prepared and they're mentally prepared uh, and they all, they all are, are driven and, and stuff. So some of the stuff is pretty, I'll be honest, can be pretty, uh, you know, it's not that hard as a coach from, from that point of view. Yeah. I think the difference from, from them or getting them to be focused all the time is just reminding them that, it's okay that you played bad last night. It's okay that maybe I benched you, you know, come in, let's come see me and let's talk about why you didn't play in the third period. Let's yeah. talk about, you know, um, you know, I'm a big believer in when we're winning and things are going well, that's when you push players. If you're having a tough time as a team or, or as an individual, that's not a great time to push guys. The, the less pressure they need or the less, you know, the less, um, you know, they don't need more people telling them they're not doing it right. And the one thing I learned is, is um, keep hammering their good points. So I do this a lot with guys. Like, let's say, you know, guys score a lot of goals or whatever he is. He yeah. makes a lot of hits. He blocks a lot of shots. Hammer those good points because deficiencies take a long time to get rid of. So you can't say to a kid, and this is what would have happened, say, more in our time, is you can't say to him, uh, you know what, look at Rob Plante out there tonight. You know, he's still he's still getting beat to the outside. Well, you know what? There's a reason why he's getting beat to the outside. You've got to help him fix that. And that will not happen in one game. That won't happen in one practice. And that's not going to happen in one week or one month. Deficiencies might take 18 months to correct, right? And where the positive things are. And then in the, in the so maybe you gently talk about his deficiencies, but you remind them and you help them through them and you work on them. But you're constantly working on his good things. And what he does really well. And you're constantly talking to him about, hey, how well he did. And he had, hey, right now you're not scoring. Okay, you won seven games in a row without scoring. But look, at you had five shots last night. And you had two of them, right, in scoring area one. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is good. They're coming. You know what I mean? Really emphasizing the positive side. So when they go back in their head, they're not thinking like you and I did. Because our coaches never talked to us like that. How often did you have a coach back then come and talk to you? the way you're talking to your, your athletes now, I, I have, very, it's just, I it's just it was just different, right? It was just you different. Know? They did their, they did the, they coached differently then and they coached in the times they were in today's, today's athlete. These kids are way more educated. They need way more instruction. They understand than we, the why they need to understand the why. And, you know, you know, when you look at, you look at the different things with, with all these players, they will ask you, well, why aren't I playing? Yeah. And you better have an answer, answer ready for them. <laughs> yeah. You better have an answer because if you, can't you don't, just say, can't just say work harder. No, because if you don't have an answer, they slowly, the respect starts going. Yeah. You need to be able to answer them. Why? And we do a ton of video here. Like, uh, you know, I know that most teams do and stuff. Uh, I'm not saying we do more than anybody, but we do a ton of video here and we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. We do a lot of line stuff, a lot of D stuff, a lot of forward stuff. Uh, power play stuff, penalty kill stuff, whatever, exits, uh, entries, whatever. We're doing a lot of video here. And, and uh, I think that's one way that you can help 
reinforce your message. I think it's one way that you can help make them get better and understand. And then when you do that video, I think you have to take it on to practice, take it onto the, onto the ice to help them now understand it. Now they visualize it. Now they can walk through it. Now they can act on it. Right. So I think those things are really important. Good stuff, Rob. I mean, it sounds like you've, uh, you've come a long, a long way from, um, from being the guy on the ice that we were many years ago. Right. And it's part of evolution. And, you know, and then when you come out of the game as a player, you know, you've got these experiences as a player, your experiences with the coaches back then, you're given an opportunity to take over the helm of a team and use those past experiences. Now coupled with the changing times. Um, I think Peterborough's in, uh, in good hands, my friend. Um, oh. You know, I, I wish you guys, I uh, wish you guys all the best. Um, look at Rob, we're, we're, we're closing in on an hour here and I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I, I love chatting with you today, brother, and, and catching up again. And, and I'm glad we got a chance to get re reconnected. Um, I'm going to ask you this question before we, uh, before we sign off here. It's something I ask everybody. Um, if your life was a billboard, what would it say? Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, you know what? I was given something. Um, one thing I wanted to do is I didn't, I don't want to feel I left anything on the table as a coach. And I felt as a player I did, and that's my own journey in life. And those are the own, the own battles you go through. And as a coach, when I started coaching, I said that I was going to, uh, I wasn't going to leave anything on the table and I was going to try and be the best coach. And whenever, wherever I coached, I wanted to be the best and I wanted to, you know, do whatever I could to, uh, to help and, and, and leave a positive experience where I've been. And I think, I think, uh, I was given something by one of the ladies in the office here after, you know, a few months here. And it really, really kind of touched me. And I, and I really feel I try and do that. So I guess my, my billboard would say, cause I guess I've defined myself, well, obviously, you know, with your kids and your wife and all those things, you sure. know, they, they, that's part of who you are. But, um, but for me, I guess um, I got a, a plaque that's in my office and, I, and it sits there behind me. And uh, when I walk in every day, I look at it and I see it and it says a good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a life. And I've really tried to, to, I want that to be who I am. I want when players leave me, I want on the most part, you're always going to have some guys that didn't work out with, but sure. I want them to feel that, you know, I, it was a positive experience working with Rob Wilson. It was a positive spirit, uh, experience for them because I think, you know, as we know, we've, we had a lot of experiences that weren't so positive. And, uh, and like I said, you're not going to always, touch everybody the the way that they're hoping you touch them but I want to try as much as I can and and if they say you know what yeah he's a he's a pretty good coach and he's a pretty decent person I'm pretty happy with that and and I think that uh that's that's probably what the billboard would say that's like nine billboards but that's okay yeah, well, just that little. <laughs> Listen, little slow, here's, little there's, there's I don't a, know how many words is that. A good coach. A bit of a, a, bit of a running changed. joke going now, and it started with Fuda, and uh, and then when you'll see when uh, <laughs> when JRs come out, I ask that question and I tell everybody the same thing. Try and keep it between ten and twelve words, 
and I, and, I, and when feudal was then i go jesus i gotta buy a whole side of a highway to put those things and put all those billboards on and and jr knew it he went on the same thing and here we are so you know what god bless you guys and uh and i appreciate you taking time rob uh you'll always touch me the same way my friend and uh, I appreciate you as a, as a human being. I love what you're doing right now. Peterborough Pete's are in very good hands. They got a guy with a tremendous amount of experience. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Well, I, you know what? I basically, uh, I basically, I don't, I, uh, I, I let the kids handle the social media part as much as possible. I, uh, what, what's the Pete's I, handle? What is it at? Uh, just Peter, OHL Peterborough Pete's or? Yeah, Peterborough Pete's. GoPeatsGo.com. Uh, go yeah. GoPeatsGo.com. Rob, thanks for your time today. Uh, really appreciate it, man. You give me so much more insight. Every time I even talk to my longtime friends, I'm always learning something. Uh, your, your journey has been an incredible one, your evolution and to what you're doing today. Um, I love your, your, your saying. I really do. I think that's really what it's all about. A good coach can change a game and a great coach can change a life. That's, that's what this is really all about as leaders in the community and, and coaches and mentors now. So um, uh, appreciate that. Um, guys, give this podcast a like. I'm sure you got something out of it. Uh, and, uh, and tune in again, Rob Wilson. Thank you for being my friend and for taking the time today to be on my podcast. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Robbie, and I appreciate you having me on. And uh, you just brought up a bunch of names there too, Fuda and, and Jr. And you know, I listen to you and Bones there. So yeah, it's it's great to to hear all these names again, and then just great to uh, reconnect with everybody. And uh, I've enjoyed it seeing a lot of people. So thanks for having me on. You have a great day. We'll talk to you soon, Rob. All the best. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. Bye bye. There you go, guys. Rob Wilson, the uh, head coach of the Peterborough Peets. Um, I hope you got a chance to um, to uh, um, listen to Rob share his uh, his journey uh, as a player and uh, and then as a head coach. There's a lot of great information. Go back, listen to it again. Um, some great shares that he brings to the table that really will help some of these young guys today as they look at transitioning from perhaps minor hockey into the OHL and then build a foundation that will uh, that will carry you through into uh, into your pro career. You know, hey, a good coach can can change a game and a great coach can change a life. If more coaches took that philosophy, um, we would start to see so much more improvement in the game. I think we're trending in that direction, and I'm uh, I'm really happy for Rob. I wish him and the Peterborough Peets all of the best this year. Uh, stay tuned, guys. And again, if you um, if you liked anything, if you got any information out of today, um, please give it a like and a share, and uh, stick with us. And uh, look forward to next week. I got another great guest coming up next week from the NHL, so you won't want to miss that one. Stay tuned. Thanks again for tuning in, and I appreciate you guys. If you're going to do something, go all in.